familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. There are times when a new mother who plans to exclusively breastfeed needs to provide supplementation for her baby. This can often come as a shock and a disappointment. However, every drop of breast milk that she provides her baby is very valuable. I'm Rose Davina Jakowitz, lactation consultant at the Kaiser Permanente Outpatient Lactation Clinic in San Diego, California. Today we will be discussing partial breastfeeding, when supplementation is needed. This is The Boob Group, Episode 5. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the boob group. Broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At the Boo Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Wondering how you can become involved with our show? Please send us your comments or suggestions through our website, theboobgroup.com, or call our Boob Group hotline at 619-866-4775. Also, feel free to join our conversation on our Facebook page. Do you love our shows and want to help support them? How about considering making a donation to the Boob Group? Any amount is greatly appreciated, and if you are feeling especially generous and donate over $50, we will personally thank you on our show. We're all volunteers here, and your contribution helps us pay for operating costs needed to produce great shows for you week after week. So today, I'm joined by three fabulous panelists in our studio. Would you please introduce yourself, ladies? Hi, my name is Danielle Lopresti, and I am 43 years old. I am a musician. I have one child, Lucian, and he is going to be nine months tomorrow, and he is adopted. My name is Heidi Rungi. I'm 33. I'm a paralegal. I have one boy. He turned four months old yesterday. My name is Cassidy, and I'm 26 years old. I'm a marriage and family therapist intern, and I have one daughter, seven months old now. Her name is Riley. Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little... I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. 
You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Before we get started with today's topic, here's Lara Adello talking about ways to overcome societal booby traps. Hi, Boob Group listeners. I'm Lara Adello, a certified lactation educator, retail marketing manager at Best for Babes, and owner of Mama Pear Designs. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions about how you can achieve your personal breastfeeding goals without being undermined by cultural and institutional booby traps, such as, how can I plan for a breastfeeding-friendly birth? Pregnancy is a time when we are very likely to encounter institutional booby traps. Fortunately, there's a lot you can do to give yourself the best chances in meeting your breastfeeding goals and beating those booby traps. Here's a checklist, much of which is based on powerful research about what supports and what sabotages breastfeeding during the prenatal period. We hope you can use it to beat the booby traps in your pregnancy. First, Choose a prenatal care provider who has some knowledge about breastfeeding and follows the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine protocols. Second, choose a prenatal care provider who will talk about breastfeeding during your visits. Third, choose a prenatal care provider who doesn't distribute formula company samples or literature. Fourth, consider using a midwife who uses the midwife's model of care, or if you have an OB, consider hiring a doula. Fifth, Plan for a breastfeeding-friendly birth. Have a doula or other support person present. Learn about non-drug pain relief techniques. And learn your OB or midwife and hospital's induction, epidural, and C-section rates. Sixth, take a great breastfeeding class. And seven, read a great breastfeeding book. A special thank you to Tanya Lieberman, IBCLC, for writing the Booby Trap series for Best for Babes. Visit www bestforbabes.org for more great information about how to meet your personal breastfeeding goals and my business www.mamaparedesigns.com for breastfeeding supportive wearables. And be sure to listen to the Boop Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Today on the Boob Group, we're discussing partial breastfeeding when supplementation is needed. It is important for our listeners to know that here at New Mommy Media, we completely support the WHO code, which means that we will not market or advertise breast milk substitutes. However, today we will be discussing products that will help assist those mothers who need to supplement their babies. Our expert, Rose Davinia Jackowitz, has been an international board-certified lactation consultant since 1984, and she runs the outpatient lactation clinic at Kaiser Permanente in San Diego. Rose, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. 
So Rose, what are a few reasons why a breastfeeding mom might need to provide supplemental nutrition for her baby? Well, there could be actually several reasons. Immediately after delivery, if there's any kind of medical complications, if a baby has low blood sugar and is too sleepy to nurse, sometimes they're needed to, uh, supplementation is needed to help bring that blood sugar up. Sometimes babies get jaundice, and depending on how high the jaundice levels are, they may need additional supplementation to help treat the jaundice. Premature babies or near-term babies are sometimes very tired, very sleepy, and they don't suck very well, and therefore may need some additional supplementation until they get bigger and stronger. On occasion, we'll see a baby that's lost too much weight, um, and they may need some additional supplementation as well. After hospital discharge, there could be, again, a baby who's poor weight gain. This could be related to premature, near-term baby that's just not quite nursing vigorous enough and not getting enough milk in. Um, Occasionally, we'll see a mom that has a low milk supply for a variety of reasons, and babies may need to have some additional supplementation for this reason as well. Okay. So, panelists, can you share a little bit about um, why you needed to supplement your breastfed baby? Sure. Um... We found out I my milk never fully came in. Um, we tried breastfeeding in the hospital, and his weight kept decreasing. Um, he was down. Um, he was born 8 pounds, 9 ounces. We left the hospital. He's 8 pounds, 1 ounce. Um, the next day, we went to the doctor, and he was down to 7 pounds, 10 ounces. And we needed um, to supplement because my milk had not yet come in. And we waited and waited, and my milk never came in. Um, I think it was due to several issues. Um, I think when you're... A first-time mom, you're really busy, stressed, you forget to eat, you forget to drink water, you forget all these things that you don't necessarily think or associate with breast milk and how important it is to getting that to come in. Um, So that was kind of like how I learned that I needed to have um, a supplement and um, kind of come to terms with that, I guess. (laughs) Thank you, Heidi. How about you, Danielle? Um, I'm an adoptive mom and actually didn't even find out that I could breastfeed until a week after he was born, I think it was. Um, I just always assumed that I would have to load my body up with drugs in order to make it happen. And so I just didn't even allow myself to think about it because why would I want to pass all those drugs on to my baby? Um, And it was just in passing that a fellow musician actually mentioned breastfeeding um, so many times that I told him, he could do the research for me, <laughs> which he did, and I found out that it was totally possible to do, largely with herbal um, um, supplementation and pumping. And so I found Robin. Um, actually, I found two um, lactation consultants, and one was very curt on the phone and and cold, and the other was Robin. And that was it. My choice was made. I knew I needed someone lovey and cozy and sweet because I knew this was going to be hard. I just knew it. I, I didn't have the in utero experience or any of that, and I was going to ask my little boobies to do a lot. So I needed someone amazing, and and you were amazing. And we just started kind of figuring this out together and you just happened to be when I called you for the first time at a a conference for adoptive mothers who wanted to breastfeed, right? Yeah, I was at the, um, we were fortunate in San Diego to have the International Lactation Consultant Association Conference um, here this past summer. And um, one of the posters that was there was this woman, Lenore Goldfarb, who's been studying um, induced lactation for 
gosh, Rose, how long? 20 oh, years? Longer? At least, at least. Yeah. And so she happened to be presenting there. And so I walked right up to her and I said, I have someone that I would like to discuss with you. And um, and she was really, really helpful. I mean, even you were able to contact her as well, weren't you, Daniel? Yeah, I did contact her as well. Yeah. So, so um, Great resource for moms who are inducing lactation. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he, I mean, he was given formula from the moment he was born. And so um, we really were late in introducing the boob to him. But... Um, he did it. <laughs> He's so, a genius. He did it. So <laughs> yeah. So, so we were supplementing um, all along. Um, uh, so breast milk and, and and formula for him. But it's been amazing. Rose, what type of supplementations uh, or supplements can moms offer in addition to her breast milk? Um, well, mother's own breast milk is always the number one choice. In fact, the World Health Organization says donor breast milk is should be number two choice. Uh, we don't have a lot of donor breast milk available. We do in some of the hospitals for your really sick preemies, but uh, it's, it is kind of expensive, but it's awesome. Um, and right now, if you don't have enough of your own milk or we don't have donor milk, then the formula or the current term is artificial baby milk is available to supplement babies. And, and I know when I use the term supplementation, I don't automatically assume it's going to be formula. Our goal is to always supplement with mom's milk first, and then if we need to, we'll go to uh, the best formula that the baby uh, may need. And how would a mom decide on which ones to use? Well, that's also a very good question. I think there's lots of different formulas out there, and it's just like when you go to the doctor and you have to be put on on a medicine, one of the first things he'll ask you, do you have any allergies to medicines? Well, I ask the same question when a baby needs to have a formula supplement. Does your family have any allergies to corn, eggs, milk, wheat, peanuts? Because if there's a strong milk allergy, then maybe a milk-based formula may not be the best choice. Um, So based on mom's family and dad's family history, that's the way to pick the appropriate um, supplementation, whether it be a soy, uh, an elemental formula, or a milk-based formula. And that would be similar also for a mom who is going to use donor milk as well. If the mom has an allergy to dairy, for example, and the baby showing that, that maybe the donor milk, if a mom was on a dairy-based diet, that that wouldn't be the best choice Absolutely, for her as well. and that, that's a very good question because I have a mom right now who her friend is not making enough, and she has one or two uh, quart jars that uh, she pumps every day to give to her friend. And that's the same question, is allergies to foods, medicines. Are you on any re- regular medicines? Because uh, there are criteria for donating milk when you donate it to the milk bank. So we want to maintain those same criteria to make sure that you're not – um, getting milk that might have something that could bother your baby. But yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, ladies, what type of ways did you supplement your babies? I initially started with, um, I guess, a supplemental nursing system um, and using formula. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't given um, a pump or encouraged to pump at the hospital, which I think in hindsight would have been really beneficial. Um, I didn't start that probably until maybe he was a week old or or six days, which I think it would have been really helpful in helping my milk come in. But I don't think I realized the importance and wasn't really kind of told the importance, I think, really until Robin told me <laughs> that it would be helpful. Um, so it was basically supplemental nursing system with um, a feeding tube, or not a feeding tube, but a tube, um, and also I was using a nipple shield. So it was going through that. And then I did start pumping as well to kind of supplement, and that was very little that would come out initially, <laughs> which is kind of discouraging. So you just had to kind of like 
I just had to work through that and just be like, okay, I got this much today. Let's see how much I can get and let's start drinking more water. Let's, you know, do whatever I can. Am I eating enough today to be able to pump more milk? So, um, that's terrific advice. Yeah. It's it's just daily, like rechecking in one day. It could be great, and then the next day it could be not so great. And so um, every day I think it just changed (laughs) on how um, much I was able to get. Um, We had to teach him how to go to the breast, obviously, because we we started so late with him. Um, So you had us uh, use – I guess that's the term for the syringe and the tube, the supplemental nursing system. Is that what it – Yeah, it's kind of a makeshift one. (laughs) Okay. All right. So makeshift. Um, And and it's it's a ton of work. It's just – it requires an absolute determination because every single time you're done with that – that syringe mm-hmm. you got to wash that thing and you've got to it's a lot um and the tube you know has to be taped to your boob just so and you've got to get the tube into his mouth with a nipple as well it's, it's a lot but but it worked it, it worked you know so and you've got to help him along we had to help him a lot we had to really push that um the syringe quite a bit and then whenever anyone else feeds him he had to be fed with a finger and the tube on the finger um but, you know, when I think back to how much work it was, I have to say, it was just worth every single bit of it. And he went through, you know, a lot of peaks and valleys in that process. But, um, you know, it was always the breast milk and the the formula with that feeding system. And, and eventually he got to the place where we could give him the bottle with a formula and then we could mm-hmm. give him the breast for, for the breast milk. And, and he was fine with either... Oh, but that was after we found the breast milk bottle. That was a big, a, a big help for us. It's called something like a breast flow bottle, okay. and it's and it's it's harder for it doesn't come out as fast. It replicates the feel of the of the breast more, and it it really helped a lot actually. Yeah. Okay. I actually have a question for some of the panelists: Is how were your partners able to support you in all that? I think for me um, was the finger feeding. Um, my husband was definitely, he he wanted to be involved and he kind of took it upon himself to learn how to finger feed so that he could help me in any way that he could. So he would take the syringe and he would have the tube and he would have it on his finger so that he could help me um, because, you know, you get tired, you get frustrated, you know, anything that I, I would pump and he would finger feed. So that way um, I would try to, you know, stimulate as much as I could because there's latching issues as well. So mm-hmm. luckily I was very fortunate in having someone who really, really wanted to be involved. But, yeah, he would definitely do the finger feeding. And then also when we introduced a bottle at four weeks, he was also trying to do that so that he could get some time with him as well and share in that. Um, so, yeah, he was definitely involved, so that was good. We'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. Rose, can you share the different ways that supplements can be given to breastfeeding babies? Sure, there's definitely several options. One of my favorites is obviously if the baby's able to latch on, being able to supplement him at the breast, so it's just one feeding, and the baby begins to associate all this extra milk is from the breast. However, sometimes babies aren't able to latch on or they don't latch very well. So we've already mentioned finger feeding. Finger feeding is an option. Cup feeding and bottle feeding with a nipple that mimics a little bit of what the breast is are options. Or it could be a combination of all of these. The key is that mom needs to decide what's going to work for her. 
I may have a preference as a lactation consultant, but I'm not necessarily going home with her. So I think sharing with moms, here are several ways of doing it, what's going to work best for you. And it may be a combination of of each of these uh, or two of them, but it's whatever's going to work best for mom and baby. Um, Ladies, you were describing just, you know, the ups and downs and the emotional component of breastfeeding and needing to supplement. Um, How important was it to you? I mean, obviously it was important, but can you describe a little bit what helped you persevere to the point that you're at right now to continue this breastfeeding relationship with your child? Um, I kind of just came up with daily goals, really, Um, especially at the beginning. I was I just kept telling myself, okay one more day, one more day, and then make it to the end of the week. And then I had, okay, let's make it to two months. Let's make it to three months. I made it to four months now. Yay. (laughs) And then, you know, next goal is six months. And you just have to keep kind of coaxing yourself along and giving yourself, you know, small goals that are attainable. If you start off and you're having problems and you're like, I need to make it to six months. And like, it seems so far away um, when you're, that early on. I remember, you know, talking, like reaching out to someone and like my baby is crying and they're like, when does things get better? And they're like, oh, at five weeks. And I'm like, I'm at five days. You know? <laughs> so it just seems so far away. Um, so like you just need small attainable goals, I think, and just keep working towards them. <laughs> That's great advice, Heidi. How about you, Daniel? You know, everything you hear about how powerful breast milk is and how powerful that bond is, It can work against you because it can add pressure, but it can also work for you in that if you can lighten up on yourself a little bit, you realize that that every drop is a gift and you realize that you're you're going to that that anything you produce is is better than nothing. And so you just start from that. You start from the most humble, tiny beginning. Um, And, you know, what I often will tell people in a situation where they're frustrated and struggling is talk to yourself like you're a baby. Like, it's okay. You can do this. Like, I know this is so hard, but you know what? We can do this. We can. And I, I do that. I'll do that. If I'm that frustrated, I will do that with myself. Really making ceremony out of it. So what we would do is after bath time, um, we would put on, um, actually for me, it was a, it was a, a lullaby CD that I made, um, over seven years ago for my sister. It took that long for me to be able to play it for my own child. And we would play that, and we would light the room dimly or light candles, and we'd do massage time after bathing, naked both of us, and then we would breastfeed or we would snuggle. And just really like being aware that this time is going to go by in the blink of an eye and just constantly, constantly reminding ourselves how precious it is so that you just feel like every day you're even even with the struggles and the frustrations every day you're living this little dream this beautiful child is here in your arms and you're going to get whatever whatever bond you can get whether he's latching well or not you're going to get this beautiful moment you know, with your child. And and so you're kind of rewarding yourself each day Mm -hmm. with those moments by making yourself stay conscious about what a miracle it is to have this beautiful baby in your arms. Rose, um, for moms to continue to increase their supply when they need to start supplementing, um, what methods do you offer as 
as advice to them? Um, one, again, if, if at all possible, try to supplement the breast because it's mom and baby together. If, if that's not possible or if that's not working well, um, more kangaroo care, lots of skin-to-skin uh, in between feedings. Have dad, have your partner, have grandma, have somebody else do the bottles or the alternative feeding methods um, so that because uh, you're busy doing the possibly pumping and uh, the breastfeeding. And then comfort nursing. Comfort nursing is baby nurses at the breast just for comfort. Kind of, uh, We've called it empty breast nursing or pacifier, but it's basically comfort nursing. And those are always an option, no matter how much or how little milk you make. And what type of supplements would you recommend for the mom? Um, um, okay, there's different types of supplements for mom, and a lot of it is really based on uh, her history, her health history. Uh, common herbal ones like fenugreek is probably one of the more common ones. It's a spice that comes from India. And it is used to flavor imitation maple syrup, but the, quote, side effect of it is more milk supply. So um, it, it is a cousin to the peanut and has a potential to low, uh, lower blood sugar, so you want to make sure that you're a candidate for it. There's other prescription-type medicines that have also been used, uh, regolin, motilium, or domperidone, um, things like that. But you definitely want to work with a lactation consultant and your physician on a one-on-one to make sure that there's no contraindications for any of those medicines or even herbs um, for helping to increase your milk supply. Pumping, additional pumping is always a great um, additional thing. If the baby's not doing his part, then the next best is a, a good breast pump to stimulate the breast so the breast think baby's nursing great and will start making more milk. And have any of, as panelists, have any of you tried any other methods as well to help increase your supply at any point? Um, I've tried um, fenugreek and also um, the motilium um, on both of those. Uh, I think I had more success with the fenugreek with less side effects. Um, But I think always that in conjunction with, I can't stress enough, um, just drinking enough water. If you, you, like, you should be pumping or feeding and just having like at least an eight out glass of water every time. (laughs) Did you notice a big difference when you didn't have that much water? Yep, definitely. Um, So less supply from like when I would pump and then also it seemed like Asha would feed less on me as well. So water, like always carry it with me. (laughs) It's interesting too, because if somebody's into research and they read some of the current literature, there's research that says increasing your fluids doesn't increase milk supply. However, how many of us actually get the fluids we need mm-hmm. in a day? Because yeah. most women that do increase their fluids uh, notice an increase, but that's probably because they weren't drinking what they should have been drinking anyway. So, I have a couple. Um, uh, I heard, but I can't do this because it makes me too tired, but <laughs> a beer a day. Um, there's some people that swear by that. Um, rye bread, which I totally do. Um, there's, a that barley, um, barley wheatgrass, barley wheatgrass. Thank you. That you put in your water, mm-hmm. of course, water. Um, I went from being a vegetarian to eating meat and I totally feel like I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even uh, keep from doing it. I start, I was craving meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I plan to go back when I'm done, but, but I did that and acupuncture which you referred me to my acupuncturist and she's amazing. And, um, I really feel that that has been an extra help that really, really feel that that's been helpful. Yeah. Along that line too, I did oatmeal. 
Oatmeal is an awesome way to help increase. (laughs) From the beer standpoint, uh, it's usually your darker beer, the Guinness, which a lot of people don't like. Um, But apparently the (laughs) non-alcoholic beer will do the same thing. Really? Yes. Uh, Many women have taken brewer's yeast. Um, But yes, all those things. I mean, if you like oatmeal. Oatmeal cookies. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I ate many in the name of Asher <laughs> to support. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that for me, I noticed that when my supply would drop or increase, it was, when I really look back on it, it was all about stress. You know, was I really stressed out that week, that day? Um, and when I took the time to slow down, maybe go get a massage, maybe, you know, coax my partner into giving me a mm-hmm. massage and just, or spending just some quality time with my daughter, skin to skin, and just kind of slowing down, my supply seemed to up itself. So um, it was just sort of a natural way for me. And when I look back, I really can pinpoint the times when my supply was down. It was, I was more stressed out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or sick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So obviously with Heidi and Danielle talking about the need to supplementation, obviously breastfeeding does not have to be all or nothing. Um, And I would imagine you would definitely agree with that as you are still (laughs) continuing. Rose, what do you say to moms who come to you who are needing to supplement and feeling like they're not breastfeeding moms because they need to offer something other than their breast milk in addition to, um, for their baby to continue to gain weight. You guys have worded so much of it so nicely, but to reassure mom that much of it is not really her fault, that sometimes it's the baby that, you know, if it's a medical condition, if it's a preemie, if it's a jaundice, that let's get through this, let's get this treated. Um, but then reassuring mom, she's she's doing absolutely what she needs to do. She's being the best mom. And, of course, we read lots of books that says, okay, everybody breastfeeds. And, you know, if you're a woman and you've got breasts, of course you can breastfeed and make milk. Well, you know, I uh, years and years ago when I was still kind of formulating how I practiced, I listened to a physician, Dr. Marianne Neifert, who's the author of uh, – couple baby books, but she's a pediatrician in in Denver. And she said, you know, every part of our body has a failure rate. Why is it just because I'm a woman, my breasts are supposed to work 100% of the time? And that made so much sense that on occasion, you know, there are times where a mom may be a low volume producer. She's still producing some milk. Any amount of milk is absolutely going to benefit your baby. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be a combo for as long as you choose it to. Now, yes, I've had women who go, well, if I can't make enough milk, then it's not worth it. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Any milk is going to benefit. You know, if I can't run a marathon, then it's not worth it to exercise. Uh, that is a that. great, a great <laughs> example. You know, so. I, I couldn't agree more with that. It's, people have a hard time, I think, um, appreciating ambiguity. This all or nothing thinking, it's so much easier, right? It's black or white. That's not true at all. There's a million shades of color in between black and white. And also, you know, there's that thing that we like to do. Well, if it's not happening for you, you're the only one standing in the way of it. That's not true. There could be a million different reasons that it's not happening for you the way you thought it would. There could be all kinds of gifts inherent in this process. Um, But you're not going to get there if you can't honor where you're at, you know, honor where you're at. Yeah, and just kind of accepting that, you know, maybe you can't be a full-time um, breastfeeding mom, 
but that's okay. You may have a plan of how you wanted things to go, but it's not going <laughs> to go that way from someone who is a control freak that <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And you just have to let go and kind of accept like, okay, this is the amount of liquid gold I could produce today. And that's okay. And, and just keep, keep on with it and, and just know that whatever you do, like we said over and over again is, is good and, and enough. I think this is all just a really great lesson for parenthood, too, that you're never going to be the perfect parent, you know, and there's no such thing as the perfect breastfeeding mom. There's going to be bumps. You're going to make mistakes. It's going to be hard at times. And all you really need to do is is be just good enough. And and that's all. That's all you need to do. Which is why I think working with lactation consultants in a situation like this, because often I'll have people go, well, what happened 200 years ago, 100 years ago? Well, you had your mother, your aunt, your sister, your everybody breastfed. You All didn't right. need a lactation <laughs> consultant. Today, it's a little bit different. Families aren't together. Um, we haven't seen babies breastfeed, many women growing up. And so it's kind of a lost art. So a lactation consultant is very, very special and very valuable in helping you to recognize um, what your potentials are and how to fix it, as well as working on reducing the amount of supplements. And many women are able to get off the supplements. If they can, great, but there's a few few moms and babies that still need to supplement, and that's okay. You're still being the absolute best mom, giving your baby the best you can give them. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rose, for your insight into partial breastfeeding when supplementation is needed, and thank you, panelists, for sharing your stories as well. Thank you. Before we wrap things up, here's Amber McCann talking about the best online breastfeeding resources. Hello, Boob Group listeners. I'm Amber McCann, an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of Nourish Breastfeeding Support just outside of Washington, D.C. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions when it comes to finding quality breastfeeding resources online, such as, what about Pinterest? Can I learn about breastfeeding there? If you are on Pinterest, you know what an absolutely delightfully time-sucking endeavor it can be. I've got boards for redecorating my house, craft projects I'll probably never get to, brownies that contain more than 600 calories each, and inspirational quotes about how I should get my backside in gear and exercise more. But one of my favorite boards is called the Breastfeeding Vision Board. Started by Lara Odello of Mama Pear Designs, this board has 59 contributors and over 175 pins and growing every day. You can find it at Pinterest.com backslash mama pair designs backslash breastfeeding hyphen vision hyphen board or just enter breastfeeding vision board in the search box and look for Lara's name on the board you will find pins with excellent information helpful products brilliant ideas like a mom sickle made out of frozen breast milk to help relieve teething pain and my very favorite incredibly inspirational photos of mothers breastfeeding their little ones it's like one giant oxytocin rush. Check it out at Pinterest.com backslash Mama Pear Designs backslash breastfeeding hyphen vision hyphen board. Hey, the Boob Group also has a great Pinterest page along with their sister shows, Preggy Pals and Parent Savers. Check them out at Pinterest.com backslash new mommy media. Thanks for listening. I'm Amber McCann, and I'd love for you to check out my website at www.nourishbreastfeeding.com for information on my business and a little bit more about where to get connected with great online breastfeeding support. Or join me on my Facebook page. It's www.facebook.com backslash nourishbreastfeedingsupport. 
And if you have a great online breastfeeding resource you'd like us to know about, please send me an email to amber at nourishbreastfeeding.com or share on the Boob Group Facebook page. Be sure to listen to the Boob Group each week for more fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and how to find great breastfeeding support. Thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you'll visit our website, theboobgroup.com, and our Facebook page to offer your personal stories with breastfeeding. If you have any questions about today's show or the topics we discussed, call our Boob Group hotline at 619-866-4775, and we'll answer your question on an upcoming episode. If you have a breastfeeding topic you'd like to discuss, we'd love to hear it. Simply visit our website, theboobgroup.com, and send us an email through the contact link. Coming up next week, we'll be discussing vitamin supplements for the breastfed baby. Thank you for listening to The Boob Group, because mothers know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care. And should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.